Los Nachos Amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I'm Petey Ray, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my tag team partner, my friend, David Jeffrey Majors, aka DJM. How you doing, DJM? We are the Fanny Pack. We talk about the indies, and we enjoy them a lot. Except for some shows, sometimes. <laughs> Petey Rafe, my friend, what is going on? The Good Ship Fanny Pack rides once more. And we've got two guests to introduce some more independent wrestling to. Yes. Uh, we have, first of all, my co-host on the, on Record Breakers, one of the quorum, uh, one of the guys, the, the real MVP, cause we're gonna be doing three episodes together <laughs> of a podcast. Uh, Drew Snyder, Juicer X. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing pretty great. Yeah, me and you are in for a long haul tonight of of great shows. So should be a yeah. fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who else have we got? Uh, Deej. Well, today on the show we have a returning guest coming to us out of Austin, Texas. The one, the only, Christopher Ronan. Chris, what is going on? Yo, how's it going, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Ronan, of course, uh, accompanied on the show with, uh, Snoosh's, uh, little cat doll, uh, uh, the representative of Snoosh. Sleepy kitty. Yeah, sleepy kitty. Uh, Hello, Shoo-chan. She's somewhere back there. She can, she can wave. Hi, no, she can't. Snoosh. Let's start, let's start the show. Alright, <laughs> let's go. Uh, we, we had an interesting moment, uh, that caused me to pick up the show and, uh, to me to put this, uh, wrestling promotion on the docket for us um so in the lead up for us talking about resistance pro uh one of the tweets i posted was that we were going to talk about why robert anthony wasn't signed yet uh and in turn i i uh mentioned or hasn't been re-signed to be more accurate because he did have a developmental deal so we're Mm -hmm. asking why hasn't robert anthony been re-signed part two yes uh and in, in, so I uh, mentioned him and as a reply, I got from the Eagle Robert Anthony that, uh, if we wanted to check out freelance pro wrestling, he could hook us up. I imagine he wanted to give some free stuff, but I circumvented him and decided I wanted to pay for, for indie wrestling and paid for a couple of events for us to check out, check out. Uh, because my, my wallet is not tight unless like a lot of you indie wrestling fans. Uh, mm hmm. So we're talking about freelance pro wrestling, uh, based out of Chicago, similarly to Resistance Pro and, and several others, uh, you know, based out of Chicago, Illinois, based out of one particular, uh, pub in Chicago, Illinois, uh, freelance pro wrestling has an interesting personality, wouldn't you say, Deej? Yes. Personality would be the word. Uh, Freelance Pro Wrestling, their, their Twitter bio simply says this. Pro Wrestling, Punk Rock, and Partying. And going into the show, I think that pretty much says it all. Uh, Drew, hearing that, and you being a musician yourself, what did you think uh, of, of Freelance? Just, just from that and going in right away. Uh, going in from that, I can, I can sort of tell that that's the, that's the mentality. They had a very, um, that mentality, ooh, something in my throat. But that mentality going through the show was, 
uh, readily apparent with a lot of the uh, talent they had on, um, especially the first match with Eric uh, Cannon, I believe it was. But like that, the music they used, the setting, just the whole feel of the thing was very punk rock. The production quality was a lot better uh, than I normally expect when coming on the show. It was 100% top-notch from the camera angles to the, thank God the audio was good, to the whole look of it was very, very well put on. And that, to me, speaks a lot to how much these guys like care about what they're putting on. Yeah, it, it is really cool. Like the, the slow motion replays that they had. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The little videos. They had the slow cam. They had the, the phantom cam. Uh, it, as uh, us wrestling fans, uh, us baseball fans are familiar with the phantom cam. Uh, phantom cam. which, you know, had the, the, the slow motion replays, which is fantastic. Chris, what did, what was your expectations and what was your initial impression of, of the personality of freelance? I enjoyed the hell of it. It was so like this is I think third or fourth time back, and I've seen all like you know we covered the different spectrum of independent wrestling. You know the first one we watched was in a gym. Like I think that I think the venue sets the tone so well, and the fact that they did this in a bar, close up like like I think it sets everything. And I really enjoyed this. It it was it had a nice balance of of you know it had fun when it needed to. It had some some good technical parts, and it had a very good you know it it was very balanced the structure of it. So it wasn't you know. I didn't get bored, and every 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 single match had something to offer without being repetitive. And even the characters were all defined. I enjoyed the hell out of this one, to be honest. Yeah. So g- jumping into the first match, uh, we we have kind of a signature uh, opening contest in the Indies, the multi man match. Uh, we had the uh, a what's going to say a six man uh all for, free for all. We had Eric Cannon, Flip Kendrick, Joey Marks. Kenny Sutra, Mike Matthews, and a boy, Sug D. Your Kenny boy, Wrestling's favorite wrestler, Sugar Dunkerton. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, the man who does not have something wrong with him, no matter what we may think, uh, he's just fantastic. What context did we give this, uh, this opening match, uh, Deej? Um, well, as they said, this is the, the signature match and it is a staple in indie wrestling all the way going back to the early days of the TNA X division. The multi-man scramble match. And just jumping in right away, we are, we immediately had a Brazzers joke on commentary. Like not even in the first 30 seconds of the show, we have a joke about Brazzers.com. Okay then. This is probably not going to be a family-friendly show. No. Uh, Chris, uh, th- this opening contest, uh, it, it really, as I always say w- with so many of these shows, the opening contest can be just as important as the main event because it, because it is the catalyst for the show. It sets the tone. Uh, exactly. Chris, the, 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 opening sh- the opening match, what did you think going in? I enjoyed it. Uh, um, so I like the way they were set up. I like... Um... You know, just, um, so for, it was a six men match to kind of give equal time to everybody and kind of without, without being too many people in the ring at once. So even though it was a six man match, it kind of got to kind of show you six different people and really the way that they kind of shoveled them around and had two people in the ring most of the times and focus on them. I really kind of liked the way they laid it out. Um, 
at the end of the day, there's only really two people in this match, which was basically first time seeing Sugar Dunkerton, which you know I enjoyed, and Eric Cannon. Basically, they were the match, and everybody else was just kind of dressing for the match. Yes, and Eric I also Cannon. I also just want to give a quick shout out to Michigan native Flip Kendrick for appearing yes, in this. Match. Yes, Big of course. Uh, Eric Cannon playing the playing the position of catcher uh, in this uh-huh. contest. Um. Uh, <laughs> For for the rest for the wrestling in the know, you know what that means. Uh you know, you know what the big man his role is in a, in a flippy match. Uh but Eric Cannon plays I, I also have to point out and um Joey Marks. Joey Marks did the thing that kind of got me a little you know, perked me up in when he entered to the ring with Miami freestyle music. Straight up <laughs> Miami freestyle music. I we heard got, it. We and got I was some like, Michigan I, love in here, and we got some Miami love in here. Don't this stop the rock by, by really the band well. called Freestyle. You can't get more freestyle than a band called Freestyle. Uh, and I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, of course, Eric Cannon being hilarious. Uh, and of course, Shook D. Shook D. Taking off er- of pa- er- his Ken- pants at some point. Uh, Drew. Eric Cannon. Oh, go ahead, Chris. So, so Eric Cannon to me kind of came off a little as a, if you were to cross some kid called Steve Austin with the dude from Big Lebowski, that's kind of his character. Like I, he was I, not wearing the mohawk this evening. I noticed which that. Which is odd. Yeah. Uh, Drew, what did you think of the opening contest? Um, well, one, I'm going to get right off the bat. Uh, Eric Cannon's shirt with the op ivy guy. Don't think that that went unnoticed by the ska kid. Points for that, but. You give me a match with Sugar Dunkerton to start off. Like, you know I love me some Sugar Dunkerton. Like, and that's going to always get Drew, me hooked up. Are you, have you checked out Resistance Pro, where he I is their not. current champion? Ooh. I got to I gotta check me out some of that. Because Sugar Dunkerton always they, they gets have a YouTube me hyped page. up. They have a YouTube page. They have their entire event animals up there for free on YouTube. Okay. Okay. I will check that out. After all of the shows I'm doing tonight. Um, but yes, this was a very high-flying, flippy match. But even in that, um, it was shot really, really well. The the care that they took of having the multiple camera angles really paid this uh, paid dividends here. Because I remember, I believe it was the last time I was on with uh, Brandon Cooper, uh, King Cat. There was a three- or four-way tag match that we yes. watched in that one, uh, I believe. And the, yeah. And the problem with that was at certain points, you didn't know who you were supposed to be watching and whose choreography mattered. But in this, you always knew exactly who you were supposed to be watching because they very, very well <laughs> knocked over my own microphone. Cause I'm an Italian and talk with my motherfucking hands. Um, they, they very well put, um, they made sure that when the match was supposed to be in the ring and the the point of the match was supposed to be in the ring, that they were showing that. And there wasn't much going on outside. But they did have, with a lot of the high-flying guys, you're going to have them go outside. And they had that time of the match, and they went back in, and they it flowed really, really nicely together, in my opinion. I think that was, yeah. I think that's key to the success of this because even with some of the other productions, you know, even with some of the two-person matches, it was very hard to follow because they did a lot of wide angles and you kind of had to follow it yourself. They very well, you know, managed six people back and forth and they get, you know, very, you know, showed you what you should be watching at any time. And that that's very much key to being able to understand what's, you know, the flow of the match. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting that uh, Deej, some production value and camera work. Oh. <laughs> and can I just throw a shout out to basically the entire Chicago indie scene for their production value? Yes. Seriously, Resistance Pro and Freelance Wrestling with some serious top-notch um, production value. And also said about, like I said about Resistance Pro a few weeks ago, their website is really nice too. Really nice, really well designed. So again, really well done. And uh, also another shout out to the commentary team in this match. Uh, as as you know, some of you, Eric Cannon is sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon. But the commentary team really? went up full on Brock Lesnar UFC 100 and made a reference to Coors Light instead of Paps Blue Ribbon because they're not getting paid. So <laughs> thankfully Dana White didn't catch that one and have to send them to the principal's office for that one. So <laughs> I certainly appreciated the, the very timely Brock Lesnar Coors Light reference yes, uh, in yes. light of Eric Cannon being sponsored. I'm- all right, so how about should D taking off his pants in the middle of a match and uh, showing off them uh, Hulk Hogan underoos? Uh, who enjoyed that? I, I couldn't did. even with that. I, I, I have to say I, I'm going full Tumblr on that one and just saying I, I can't even. I can't yes. even. Dropping the, dropping the atomic leg drop, you know, just amazing. Really? Amazing. Not going to lie. It, end, it ended wild, with but... the Hogan spot. It ended with... <laughs> The Hogan spot, really? Yes. It's 2015, but you know what? All right, okay. I'm, I'm gonna let it because people enjoyed it. People got a kick out of it. It made people I'm, laugh, and that's and what it, and it is Sugar about. Dunkerton, and he can do that because Sugar Dunkerton is awesome and should be booked everywhere. Exactly. He he can do that, so it's okay. Mm. I will say Zach, Zach Braxton did kind of make a little like to to over obvious where it could just been like a slight nod. It's like if you don't get it, then then you don't need to like. I think he overcalled out some of the references on, on the show tonight. I, I yeah. think uh, that that uh, point could be made for that. An argument could be made for that. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a good opening contest. That and you know, like we said, production value. They had the highlights at the end, the highlight medley at the end <laughs> that smoothly transitions. To the, uh, you know, introduction video snippet for the next contest with, the, you know, the music having no pause whatsoever, just smoothly mm-hmm. transitions over to the next contest, which was the four star heroes, uh, taking on if looks could kill. Uh, the four star heroes, of course, being the, a guy we've met before in, when we first talked about Resistance Pro on this podcast, uh, the, the formerly king of the dark matches, Chris Castro, uh, and marvelous Matt Nix. Uh, forming the four star heroes, formerly the two star heroes. Uh, if you don't understand, look, count these stars on the Chicago flag. If you don't now, Petey, I, mean. I have to say, the four star heroes got huge, huge points with me because their entrance music was the opening to Dragon Ball Z Kai Dragon Soul by exactly. Vic Mignogna. So that oh, immediately, immediately. I love these guys because it had me singing. Mysteries abound, made of deep energy. Yes. Anime. Yes. Anime, 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 anime. Yes. And any, anybody in wrestling that can throw in some anime off offense, I automatically love them. So the four star heroes were absolutely fantastic right away. And then you had the team of If Looks Could Kill, 
Wow. Very heel. Such hate. <laughs> I was going to so say. Tactics. Wow. Wow, <laughs> these guys are heels. Wow. Much uh, heel. Rock- very douchebag. Wow. They're, they're rocking the T, as uh, Kaz would call it, the T-Swizzle. Uh, Taylor Swift entrance music. Uh, very timely, the, her most recent release. Uh, they had the great, you know, opening moment where they refused to wrestle and they just said, you know what? We're just gonna dance to Taylor Swift because we want to celebrate her birthday. It's her birthday tomorrow. We want to dance to Taylor Swift. Uh, and then another- Such group- heels. <laughs> Uh, and then the great, uh, the great moment from commentary after that, uh, where they said, uh, he seems like the kind of guy who would support Gamergate. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Getting political up in the joint. <laughs> yes. Uh, which was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Drew, what did you think of the contest? <laughs> um, yeah, no, exactly what DJM said. They could not have put themselves more heel if they tried. Like that was in, Knowing, going into it, knowing the punk rock nature of, uh, freelance, then doing the Taylor Swift thing is like, okay, yeah, no, that's right there. Like, it's just, it's like, wow, you, I've never seen a heel more constructed to heal than right there. Like, it was, it was brilliant. I love, I love when the people that you're supposed to hate make it really easy to hate them. Um, it's, it's not none of that, like, the attitude era where there was, like, there was heels, but, like, you could still like the heels, cause, like, the heels were cool and rebellious. It was like, no, we're just gonna be douches. And, like, I love that. These guys were the worst. <laughs> right. They were the and, absolute worst. But, like, the, who was and the thusly one guy, were the best. <laughs> who, was, who was the one guy on the announce table that kept trying to, like, bolster them up and, like, no, no, it's all right. They're great, and it's, everyone's like, "No, no, they're he's, not." Like, he was the I do I cannot identify him by name, but he was the the he was doing that all night. He was the requisite yeah. heel commentator, right? Exactly. Yeah, also, yeah. s- someone also pointed out that these guys were on the Brian Cage diet, and yes. they were both rather beefy. Yes, rather beefy. Rather beefy. They also threw out some gas references. Which is a great tag team name, by the way. If there's anybody out there that wants to steal that, Rather Beefy is a great tag team name. Anybody in the Ohio area wanna, wanna wrestle? I'll be, I'll be half of that tag team. Wanna wrestle? Uh, Rather Beefy uh, is a wonderful tag team name. Uh, Chris. Yes. Well, best moment of the, best moment of the match was the Kamehameha finisher. Yes. Yes. Like, just, uh, you know, the interruption, cause you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just give it to him. Mm-hmm. And then the great moment after when you finally got it, when he's like, Kamehameha, and it was just, ah, beautiful. But yeah, Chris, what did you think of the contest overall? Again, I enjoyed it. I liked the way it was, it was, um, very good balance. It went back and forth pretty nicely. Um, a lot of, a lot of focus on, um, um, uh, Chris Castro. Chris, I, I enjoyed Chris Castro a lot. Um, just just in his character and the way he yeah presented himself a lot. No. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty fantastic. Like, uh, he's a cool personality. Like I said, he used to go, uh, you know, at least at the time that we first talked about Resistance Pro, he used to go by the nickname "The King of the Dark Match." He, <laughs> which, he's the modern day Bobby Dempsey in that yes. regard. Uh, Shout out to Bobby Dempsey, wherever you are. 
wherever you are. Hope you're doing good. Uh, but yeah, it was a fantastic contest. A fantastic tag team contest. Uh, you had the WWE finish, uh, back and forth where they were going oh back and forth with the WWE. I, I, ca- I, ca- I count, I counted four, um, um, sequential, like, shout outs to different WWE things, mostly by, um, the guy in the color commentator, just like, like, one after the other after the other. Like, people's elbow, boss's daughter, Stone called him then, like, something else, I think. Just like, just laying it on thick. Yeah, right. it was, it was, it was, a, it was a fun moment there. And it was a fun tag team contest. And yeah, if looks could kill are the absolute yeah. worst and that makes them the absolute best. <laughs> yeah. Cause Nothing- Petey, Petey, let me throw this one at you, Petey. In a match between if looks could kill versus the young bucks, who do you think would win in just generally being the worst human beings possible? Oh God. The hard part is if looks could kill are douchey, but the young bucks are douchey and borderline sociopathic. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> that would be a good word for the young bucks. They, they are borderline sociopaths. Yeah, so I think young bucks have the edge on that regard. I think that, that that's gotta be a tag team match. Somebody has to book somewhere. Yeah. If looks could kill versus the young bucks. Just to see who are really the worst here's, human beings. Here's the better it. question for you two. If you're in the crowd, who do you cheer for? <laughs> no, you know how you, no, no, what you'll have is, uh, the, you know how sometimes when you have a, you know, a split crowd or, or they just want to respect both guys, they'll have the split, uh, chant. Uh, those like, let's go this guy, let's go that guy, let's go. It was like, Fuck the young bucks. You like whatever the anti of looks could kill chant is paired huh. with the anti, with the fuck the young bucks. It would be it would anti be like back this. Ma- it would be like this match that I saw a long, long time ago between Joey Ryan and Chuck Taylor, to where they were just uh, just going out of their way to just heal each other, kicking each other in the balls, poking each other in the eye. It was just. It was the absolute worst, and that's what I imagine this match would be. I, I kind of want to see that now. If anybody out there in Chicago wants to book the Young Bucks, I think the team that they would be best against would be if Looks could kill. Yes. I feel like there's an aspect you could play off of that. There, where like if you have two major heels, like who can piss off the crowd the most? Just yes. you know, <laughs> just who would be the yeah. worst? Who would be the very, very worst? Yes. Uh yes. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, fantastic, a fun tag team contest that leads into, uh, the next contest again smoothly, uh, with DJ Zima Ion, my, <laughs> not necessarily my favorite DJ Z, but I like him just fine, uh, taking on Isaias Velasquez, uh, in a grudge match. Isaias Velasquez, speaking of, speaking of heels, <laughs> uh, DJ, <laughs> I say as Velasquez was uh was a was was a person. <laughs> First of all, I just want to give a big shout out to Zima Ion, who who's been one of the more underrated guys in, in wrestling in the last ten years or so. He's he's very, very good and very, very happy for him and all of his success in TNA. And and he's he's always been a very very good talent, and uh, he reminded everybody that back before he got signed by TNA, he was always a very very good baby face. So I just want to give a big shout out to Zima Ion for that one, and once again say, 
to Zemo. And also, give him a shout out for not wearing Beats. Just True, he did not have Beats headphones. So that means he, he knows what sound quality is. And he has an appreciation for headphones that aren't shitty. So again, another shout out to Zima Ayan. What now? Petey Rave. Something I was starting to notice on this show as it started to progress. And it really started to stand out with Isaiah Velasquez. Seemed like every heel on this show seemed to have an issue with wanting to be a bit more exhibitionary, if you will. Yes. What was with every heel on this show seemingly just dying to show off their junk people? I kind of don't know. It was, it was kind of an issue. I think it's like a, I think it's a, a rule or maybe it's like they're all part of the same club, like exhibitionist club or like, I mean, I again, if, if that's your thing, if that's your thing, hey, nobody's judging. Nobody's judging here. Well, I'm not judging anyway. I don't know about Drew Chris. But it was just an observation that I made. And yeah. it seemed like as the show progressed, there always seemed to be somebody that wanted to show off their business, if you will. Yes. It's just, it's yeah. a little odd. It's a little yeah. odd. Why, why in, why when you give me the, uh, promotion to watch where everybody shows themselves naked as DJM, <laughs> uh, bringing up, why in, why wasn't that the last one? I'm just going to point that out real quick. But no, that's that's the thing. Zima gets points with me as as an audio nerd for not going the easy route as the DJ and wearing like beats or like those stupid like ludicrous soul, whatever they are, headphones or like yeah. the name brand. He like I couldn't actually pick out what he was wearing. It looked like um uh AKG I know, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, so I'm not gonna try to name it and look like an idiot. Um, but the thing about this match, um, in particular of the other ones was it was, to me, it seemed, um, the sort of technical showcase as opposed to the other ones. Like you had the sort of character, the characters of the four star heroes and if looks could kill. And then you, before that you had the craziness, right? Of the scramble. But then this was like, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a technical match and we're going to change directions here a little bit, which was cool. I mean, there was the, as DJM junk showing, but it was still in the match. There was still some good wrestling going on, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was some cool wrestling. It was a great, uh, getting down to basics, uh, uh, you know, getting down to the wrestling stuff, but still, you know, still good character work. Oddly enough, Deej, uh, Zemaion is from Chicago, but this was his Chicago debut. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, which is really surprising to me because Zemaion has been on, was on the indie scene for a few years before he got signed by TNA. So that was rather surprising to me. I, m- I might fact check that one. I might, I might double check that one. I mean, for a little while, the Chicago indie scene had kind of gone quiet quiet but it seems to be having a resurgence so i don't know maybe uh, i will fact check that i'll look into that uh but yeah chris what did you think of this one-on-one contest well uh i think first of all i think like the um i think the crotch shot thing um is very much an easy heel play because there's no there's no quicker way to show disdain for your audience than to just you know to flaunt yourself so i think that's an easy go-to uh but yeah very um um 
So so Vasquez pretty much reminded me of like The Rock, early rocks, just straight off like you know, technical will be the best, like a little bit of a jerk, but also earning it, and also kind of um kind of you know, that 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 confident kind of a jerk, not 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 heel, not asshole, but just you know, just a notch enough to annoy you, um and. For for being a very straight technical match, which you know had very good very good pace, still sprinkling enough um, kind of side things to take it interesting. Like with the, the the thing with the headphones that they both did, you know, um, to see a very straight character then you know try to mimic the headphones, it was a very nice breather for something that was a very just straightforward match. You know, to kind of do that mimic, mimicry in the middle of it and all. So yeah. well uh, on yeah. on Impact Wrestling, he he is very much like really over the top, being kind of hmm. the the douchey DJ with with the air horn and everything. I was talking more of more of Vasquez because those are the, like you can see and you can see it in um um in, in DJZ's character kind of like you know he he obviously played that punk thing but then to see I don't know if I liked it or not but just to then see the 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 the, the more straight character for that match then try to like to mimic it yeah. kind of was interesting. Yeah. You know, try to put some yeah. music and then you know it's like DJZ felt disrespected. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, you don't put the man's headphones on. Those are his yes. properties. So disrespectful. Uh, yeah. yeah, this match, this match made sure, kind of, uh, solidified Zima Ions. And position. they oh shit out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Look out, out of nowhere. A- after he, Isaiah Velasquez got the win, his former tag team partner shows up because he turned on him. Yes. But then out of nowhere, oh shit, oh shit, Petey, who showed up? Who showed up? None other than the ego Robert Anthony. Yes. Uh, the ego Robert Anthony shows up, makes a statement, and then picks up the mic and makes a statement about what he's gonna do going forward. Essentially, it almost like him like debuting in freelance, like he, he uh, broke free of the, of the ship Resistance Pro and now he is a freelance wrestling guy. Uh, and that's basically you want to characterize that moment as, uh, I, re- I just want to point out how great Robert Anthony was in this promo because he started it out with his normal, I'm Robert Anthony. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread from number two. Cheer for me. And everybody started cheering for him because it's Robert Anthony. So it was like, okay, they're into me. I need to kind of flip the script a little bit. And then he led them in because it was the Chicago bar crowd and was like, you guys are all drunk and debaucherous. And I just want to say that that is absolutely disgusting and I hate all of you. And th- that is, again, a testament to how good Robert Anthony really, really is. And I-, I loved the promo because he was able to take a crowd that knew who he was and was totally into them. And was able to flip it around, and that that was really really good. Yes, it was pretty fantastic. Uh, what what did you guys think of that that promo after the match? Well, DJM said it well. It's it's that improv moment of like him going out there. He was gonna have like one moment as like I need to kind of come out and like solidify who I'm gonna be in freelance, right? But then like he's like, oh shit. Like, I was, I was gonna be the one way, and now they're totally baby-facing me. Like, what? So I was like, okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go insane and make, and you have to, in that moment, in that improv, like, be ready to make that switch. 
and that I think was really really cool. Yeah, um, and threatening to pee in somebody's mouth is is is, is and right. once again ego kind of picking up on the idea that this this show seems to have a running thing of people being a bit on the exhibitionist side, picking up on that. Good for him. Uh, but uh, also again just a, a testament to his talent. Petey, I'm gonna keep saying it. Robert Anthony had a developmental contract. Yeah. Again, I ask, what happened? Why is he not on TV right now? Why? I I don't know. Chris, right. do you know? I'm the last person who would know. Uh, I have no idea. Well, what did you think Drew? of the promo, Chris? Drew? <laughs> Drew? Drew? Again, know? Robert Anthony had a developmental deal. He had a developmental deal. And, and then he didn't. And, and, like, so is there a TR, TR speculation or... We don't he know. was signed. Okay. We don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> I would like well, to know. Do, do, do and you know? I, I don't know. But, like, there's there's a very valid point there I, is that he, like, for me, as the outsider, like, this is why, this is why you bring on people, uh, people that are not inside the indie wrestling sphere, not inside the underground wrestling sphere, that have a cursory glance at what, like, wrestling sort of is. You bring us in specifically. That's your show. That's right. the tagline, right? Yeah. I don't know all that much, but that guy is good. Like that and guy again, can that guy can cut sh- a promo. Like that's we super are, important. Andrew, we are stressing this. He was signed. He was, he was signed. I get it. And then he oh. wasn't for some reason. What's going on here? Seriously, we can only odd here. We can only odd. Uh, but yeah, fantastic <laughs> promo, fantastic moments. Gay jokes aside, still fantastic. Uh, fantastic moment at the end of the match that led into the next uh, that where we were starting to get into <laughs> DJ and wasn't happy territory. Uh, we have <laughs> mushroom pizza. Uh, Hunter Strange, the debuting Hunter Strange, who is, uh, uh, you know, and Trick Davis, uh, taking on the N-Words, Acid Jazz and Bryce Benjamin, or K, or, or otherwise known as A-Jizzle and B-Rice. Um, Deej. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. P. Rave. First of all, I, I just want to say that this is in no way disparaging towards Freelance wrestling or acid jazz and Bryce from Benjamin, who are both very, very talented and I give them all the credit in the world. But when this match started and the opening sequence got underway, uh, I, I have to say that, uh, PD, you just might be noted country artist Kix Brooks because once this got underway, I was done. I was done. So, so what DJ says, sorry. Because th- this is the part where I have to pull the Stephen A. Smith card and say I was very, very uncomfortable with this situation. I was uncomfortable. And, and Drew, Chris, don't a single one of you say a single thing about what I was doing on Twitter about llamas or that dress. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So we're, in summary, this this match was a time machine because we went back 75 years. Yeah, we we did. Because, honestly, uh-huh. once they came out to the ring, 
and I wanted to give them a pass because they came out to DMX, and I appreciate anybody that can come out to DMX. I appreciate that. However, everything about the first five minutes of this was a very serious problem. And I know, I know, it's pro wrestling. Get over it. I know, I understand. I know that Aston Jazz and Bryce Benjamin probably came up with this themselves, and Haunter Strange and Trick Davis were like, uh, okay, if that's what you guys want to do, all right. I get all of that. At the same time, I was very, very uncomfortable with this. I have to go ahead and I'm going to put a big red marker over this and say, no, this was not okay. This was uh, not okay. The, uh, and uh, I skipped this match, Petey. I'm just yes. going to go ahead and say I skipped this match. Because in the it. first five minutes, we had Ferguson references, including hands up, don't shoot. They find the, the weapon search turns up a mace. Uh, uh, not, no, like a... That's, they're not a mace, but like a, uh, what, what is that? The, the, it's a mace. It's not a mace. Stick. Flail. Yeah, it's a mace. A flail. A flail. A flail. Yeah. And, uh, and then the referee. I know my medieval weaponry. The, <laughs> the referee pulled out some chloroform. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, and then, but this just and then got they had worse. The guns. And, were, and, and when, also- it, when it got to the guns, and then they did the the hands up, don't shoot. That's that's when I started pulling out my red marker. Yeah, that's when I pulled out the red marker. That's when you and went. When, you went. You were Seinfeld. And you went. <laughs> stood up. Like I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And even I was kind of like, okay, okay, okay. And then they did. And then they called out Eric Garner. I'm like, okay, that that's that that that's, that's like that was one too many. And, 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 it it yeah. goes to it goes to the beautiful thing of hey, this downloaded file has chapters. I, I, and, I, I, and I know that that there may be some people out there that are a bit more privy to pro wrestling than than some. And like myself, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that was a little too far. That was a little too, a little too far. Too far. Uh, Drew, did you make it through the contest like I did? I I watched it. Um, and and barring that, as DJM, the the very weird and off putting weaponry hands up don't shoot thing i have a couple of grievances that have nothing to do with that um they came out to dmx i like djm thumbs up to that um if that's how rough riders do indeed roll let them roll but a flask is meant to be in your pocket like that flask was as big as his stomach that just (laughs) defeats the purpose of the flask Right, like that was my. Gr- I, like, could, I could, I could, I could understand the the giant eighty. I can understand the eighty ounce because you know it's right. just a big. Bottle. Oh right, that meant- too, that too. The eighty ounce that is was- fine. The malt liquor, you know, a forty ounce is meant to be a big container of malt liquor. So an eighty ounce and, is a bigger container malt of malt liquor. The malt liquor. Oh God. See, as my sister would say, as my sister would say, this is why we can't rise as a people. This is yes. why. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout out to I will say who's awesome. The the match overall was uh was fine as a match. Um and while we while we went down through the N words uh problems at the beginning of the match, Hunter Strange He's trying to be a mix of a juggalo and sting. Like I don't 
I, like, like the way I the way I characterize it, he looks like he could front like he'd front a uh, uh, like a two, mid two thousands post hardcore band. You know, like Ugh. like like a the used or like yeah, you know all like he 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 looks like especially with the pants. He's just slightly more makeup than usual. He'd be like the one guy in the the show that put on a little bit more makeup than usual. But he basically with his like torso and his like his specific kind of combo of tattoos and his pants. I don't know if if that makes sense. It's just that's the the vibe I got from him. I don't know if that's what he's I going for. <laughs> but that's what yeah. that's what caught my attention. Uh, but as you say, if this was is this was sort of his sort of debut showing, he can still tighten up that that angle his bit. Like I I can I can now further understand. But I guess. yeah, it was the beginning of that was flipping weird. Yeah, it was and, and I'm just uh, honestly to to Bryce Benjamin and Acid Jazz. Um, yeah, both of those guys are better than this. They're better than this. Yeah. Uh, especially, we, we, and this show, if you follow the show, you know, we are fans of Acid Jazz and specifically, uh, the Soul Touches. We are the Soul Touches guys. We, fan, we are fans and, of them. And I, I'm saying Bryce Benjamin as well. He's very, very, very good. But, um, yeah, they're, they're better than this. Yeah. That's, that's all I'll say. So moving on, I guess those of us that finished it got to see a smooth transition. The other two, uh, got to put next chapter. Uh, Can I one thing though? Um, one thing, uh, I just on the match though, like, if you skinned them, not skinned them, like, like skin as in like, if you, if you kept the same content and but changed their theme. No, true. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 like that. Open the door. No. <laughs> what I mean is, if you, it, so, like, if you, if you kept the thing with like the, the bit with the, with, with weapons and stuff like that and all, if you took it and in, in, in a different context. Right. If if the if the get if the gag or the thing was something else, it would have been a very good you know setup that like oh they have a lot of weapons on them they're they're doing stuff. The fact that they did it in that context, you know, took away from some that was very like very good concept as far it's as the guns up. that really kind of you know the yeah, the, the was, flail yeah. the, if like they had like a rat on a stick you know yeah, that was they the, had like a yeah. like a, a wizard staff. Yeah, if it was just like the, more and more ridiculous weapons and it's, on them. The, the, the sad part is that, that 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 like outside of that, it would have been fine. And even if they wanted like what what made it made it was the worst was the the commentary rubbing it in. If it was if they if they wanted to be a subtle thing or there, there's no there's no defending it, but the fact that they like they were like like do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? That was the commentary throughout the match. Do you get it? Yeah. Like, you know, oh, you know, I got it. Right. I got you, it. you know I got we right. we love when people do insist on trying to get people to get it to get it yeah. to get it. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Like I said, next chapter. Moving uh, on quickly. Uh, quickly, uh, we had uh, an intergender contest. Uh, we have the latest to do the I'm the greatest intergender wrestler thing. Uh, Darren Corbin. Uh, Yay, Darren Corbin. He of AC, the DC to, uh, Eric Cannon's AC, um, Aaron Corbin taking on Melanie Cruz, uh, fresh, I think fresh off her stint, uh, re- most recent stint in Japan, I believe, if I'm not. That is what they correct. said. And also, I say once again, yay, Darren Corbin. I don't know if this feeds into the whole gimmick about me being really into redheads and possibly having a ginger fetish or not. 
what with Taylor Hendricks, SoCal Val, Scarlett Bordeaux, and I guess now Darren Corbin, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe. I have a problem. Your main crush Monday. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but I, I, I always enjoy seeing Darren Corbin and he, he was playing the, the, I will not wrestle a woman concern troll part this evening, uh, saying he would not wrestle a woman because he did not want to beat up a woman because he would win. And then there were some women in the crowd and he went off on the whole women shouldn't talk. And the, the person on commentary who was playing the role of, heel commentator threw in, well, he, she should be in the kitchen. It's like, oh, come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? These are just old and bits. Then, <laughs> just just, just the, the old bits. There's really no other word for it. They were, they were playing the old bits. And then out of nowhere, I, I was kind of hoping that it would be Vanessa Craven would come <laughs> out. And, but we got the next best thing in Melanie Cruz. Yes, Melanie Cruz. It, uh who who has been around in a bunch of different promotions, I believe. Uh, I want to say she was in Shimmer at the very least, and Shine probably a yeah. couple times. I want to say, uh, you know, the, the, all all the good ones. Uh, Chris, what did you think of Mister Intergender Wrestler uh, Extraordinaire Darren Corbin uh, and the his contest with Melanie Cruz? So here's a magic question for this match: How do you think? How do you think people will heal? 20 years from now because I feel like everything is like so it's like you, you, you take the thing that's the hot issue from maybe like 10 15 years ago and you bring in today someone who hasn't caught the train yet so because I think the last um, couple um, episodes I was on it was like you know the Brett they still play the Russian card stuff like that and all and here you have all oh, women can't wrestle which you know for it for for an independent wrestling scene is kind of like it's like um, you know like we've, been, we've late, crossed so that like, bridge son We've yeah. Crossed that yeah. So it's like, so how, like, what will be, what will be left to heal? You know, at, no, um, they'll find ways. I'm sure. Yeah. They'll find ways. If there, there's guys as good as Robert Anthony, Robert, Robert Anthony, and his like, or whoever is his protege going forward, will find ways. <laughs> yeah. They're they're gonna be that good. Uh but yeah. I, I will say that I noticed from both Darren Corbin and Robert Anthony that the way to be a heel at a crowd with a crowd at a bar in Chicago is to be <laughs> the quote unquote upstanding moral gentleman yes. that tells the crowd that they're rude and depraved. They're doing things as awful as having premarital sex. How dare they? Just throwing candy onto the audience. Basically. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, you know, which of if, course is a card if, that CM Punk played if you get like booed for throwing candy. If you get booed for throwing candy, that's the crowd. There is such a thing as a heel crowd. So yes. <laughs> if you get booed for throwing candy, the crowd is the heel, not you. That's, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the heels. Uh, but Darren Corbin, Melanie Cruz, Drew, what did you think of this contest? Um, first, we'll get into the beginning of the match. Um, that woman was this close to seeming like a plant. Like, that's how well she was like, oh no egging him on like it felt like a plant to me almost like but i don't think it was oh no you guys tell me but overall the match was great um he he definitely had some kind of stunt granny tendencies as they used to say back in the day so possibly definitely maybe Uh, for all we know breaking the fourth wall here 
it might have been Melanie Cruz's mother. For all we know. Uh, again, yeah. like I said, when this was happening, I was hoping we might see Vanessa Craven, who's also six foot tall, uh, competes in shine, and is pretty awesome. However, I was not expecting Melanie Cruz because, as they said, she was in Japan. But in the end, it worked out. So th- this yeah. all this was very well executed. All but around, yeah, as, all you, as, as you were saying, Drew. Um. Yeah. I don't know how doing a wrestling trip to Japan is viewed by the normal wrestling crowd, but this chick, like, I don't know, like, this chick was good. Um, oh, like, yeah. she was she just is. a bang out great wrestler. And, wow, that sounded better in my head. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, it was just a great, great match. And all the jokes at the beginning of a side, and I'm usually not the, intergender sort of kind of guy like it's not i don't know i just as a match it always feels way too far in the gimmick territory and that's come saying something coming from the guy who likes 90s era wrestling but i don't know that this match was actually really really great and really really stand out it was um a lot of fun to watch and sort of having that backstory of her like taking that trip and like him coming back and coming back and sort of just whooping on this guy was kind of awesome. So yeah, and very undersold for how good that she was too, because you know that the sign of someone so good is like you know she can she can hold her own, but yet the spotlight for someone that good the spotlight was on him for most of the thing, and you know every all all the little gas was, was you know stuff that he you know he grabbed or stuff like that and all, but it, like she let him have the, the spotlight of the match, and, and you need to be someone that's very good to kind of. To hold your own, but also have it be on the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, I, I've said for quite a few years, Darren Corbin is one of the more underrated guys uh, on the indies, and I'm always happy to see him. And he definitely played the role of the concern troll heel. Yes. Very well. Oh, yeah, no, that's, and that's the thing is like, you can, there's the technical aspect of like the stuff in the ring, and there's the, character that you have to play as a wrestler and And he's very he's very he does both really well like whether you are a kind of guy that like sides with a heel or not like it doesn't matter this guy played the character very very well and that is very very and i I have to say he uh it seems that melanie cruz borrowed uh the human tornado's balls of steel (laughs) yeah that was like maybe i'm not Maybe I'm not too privy uh, on female anatomy, <laughs> but I, I would figure that with a shot like that, regardless of if you are a male or female, it would still hurt. Yes. Would it not? Yes. I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say, like I said, she borrowed human tornadoes, balls of steel, you know, just for the night. You know? I don't think it's okay for you to say that, Petey. So I'm going to let you hang by yourself on that one. Uh, but yeah, that being said, Darren Corbin, Melanie Cruz, pretty cool contest. Uh, and that leads us to our main event of the evening, uh, with, which was an interesting match to say the least. Uh, we had the fans bring the presents Christmas carnage match or Christmas chaos, uh, depending on where you read about it. Uh, we had a couple of, I think, company guys, you know, this is a couple of the guys that are the guys of the company that, uh, their guys. We had Rough Crossing, 
hailing from Montana. Well, I'm guessing is probably a big fan of Black Label Society. Probably. Uh, we had Rough Crossing, <laughs> say fat, taking on Yabo the Clown. Uh, friends brought the presents, and we got to find out what those presents are. It was like Christmas all over again. Deej, what context could you give this contest? I will say that I'm in the minority when I say I absolutely love Christmas-themed wrestling matches. One of my favorite things of all time in wrestling is when Impact Wrestling had a Silent Night Bloody Night match with said Christmas presents and a barbed wire Christmas tree. So I love Christmas-themed violent matches. So when I saw this, I was excited. Yes. Uh, Rough Crossing, wonderful pro wrestling name, uh, and Yabo the Clown. He's a clown, and I guess he's apparently psychotic as well, because we're still doing psychotic clown gimmicks in 2015. But hey, it's alright. It's cool. It worked. It worked. So I'm cool with it. Hey, yeah. And, I mean, we had, yeah, we had was... the, we had the reincarnation of Taz last time we had an, yeah, we did. So why not bring, why not bring forward Doink the Clown? You know, why not bring forward Heel Doink? And if, turn if, it this up to lead, if this leads to reckless youth coming back, then why the heck not? Or his protege, like Reckless Youth, youth Junior. You know, El Ejo yeah, the Reckless Youth. Junior. El Ejo the reckless, reckless Youth. Chikara, there you go. <laughs> There's something for Chikara. El Ejo del Reckless Youth. Yes. Done. Uh, Done. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to start with Drew. Drew, what was your impression of this contest? This very um, contest? First, my very first impression was, oh God, we got Doink back. Was literally the first thing I thought. It was like, <laughs> Oh geez, another clown. But it played well. It played well for the match. So I'll give them that. The match was really weird. Like, I've never, I have never seen a Christmas themed match before. So that kind of threw me for a loop. Then the presents being things like, let's face it, a PlayStation 2 being <laughs> one of the marquee presents. Uh, yes. Petey, Petey, sorry, sorry. Did you ever watch the absolutely fantastic Christmas match between uh, John Cena and Alberto Del Rio, where it was very much like this one as well. It was like, I think it was Christmas 2012 or 2013. I may great. have. I don't remember if I have, but I may have. It, it, it was wonderful. So again, I love Christmas matches. I love you, you, had, you had some great Christmas presents uh, in the contest. Including the PS2. PS2, we had a VHS copy of Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> yes. We had, and we, what else? We had planks. We had, we had other random things. I think that we had some fun moments. I honestly, that we did, that we, those were nice and marquee. I kind of wanted more. I, I will have to say, I, I, it, they had a few of them, but there was a lot of, um, uh, okay, this isn't useful. I really don't have anything in mind for this. All right. All right. Let me grab the thing I already opened a while ago. Like, there were a lot of moments like that, but yeah, they, they had some fun moments. You know, the DDT on the PS2, uh, <laughs> was fantastic. Yes, that was that was a like, it was a great uh, poster moment for me of this match. The one thing that was sort of weird to me about this one, um, as the closer, was the 
throwing him in the straitjacket that went on a little too long for me. Um, I think it, it could have been Jordan. That, that it was an idea that I don't know if he realized how much time would be involved. Right. Exactly. That, and that's the thing is a, a straitjacket like that isn't exactly an easy thing to put on. So therefore is like your witty sort of rejoinder of the end of the match seemed like a weird play. Um, but overall the match was a, just a good laugh at the end of it. Something fun and upbeat to end the whole thing on, which I thought was cool. And Chris, what did you think of the Christmas match? Um, these are always easy wins for me because I said before I have ADD and so I love props, I love things, I love gimmicks, I love stuff going on. And so this was, and this and it was a very good twist with the wrapped Christmas presents. Um, I'm going to leap here. So for me, like the um, the props less extreme matches are kind of um, a, a dose of that like a uh, Hitchcock suspense in that it's like you know surprises surprises when a when there's an explosion suspenses when you see the bomb and then you wait to see how what happens with it. So in most so most um, extreme matches you see the thing before it actually goes. You see the barbed wire, you see the ladder, and you're just waiting to see how it comes into play. This was kind of a neat, kind of a, a, a mix-up of it because because you had the, um, the the presence and you had a little bit of improv around. It's like waiting to see what came out was kind of some of the the the, the fun of that. You know, pulling out either random props or like I said, the PS2. Like the, it always added like a different element of you know where you could have some fun with it. You know, up 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 to you know using a balloon as a as an offensive weapon. That was, I think, yes. the, the, the highlight of the night. Which apparently was was one of his normal things uh, for, mm-hmm. for Yabo the Clown. He's the popping a balloon up in your face as as a weapon, uh, which I think was was creative and kind of fun. Um, also, can, can, we, can we call out uh, Creepy Santa in the match also? Creepy Santa. For, um, yeah, for, for the Diamond Club. Santa. Creepy Santa, indeed. Yes. Um, creepy Santa... <laughs> Making a, uh, making a, making a presence, making his presence felt, uh, as a, not only, uh, prop in the corner, but as a landing pad and as a weapon. Uh, you also had, you also had quite a few, let me just chuck this at him moments. <laughs> which, it's like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna throw this at the guy and hopefully that works. And it works in a couple of the moments, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a, it was an interesting main event uh, to close off the night. Uh, you know, a couple of personalities. Of course, you had the post match beat down by the losing rough crossing uh, with you know the straight jacket moment, straight jacket moment uh, that kind of set everything up. And then yeah, overall, a very very interesting promotion, very interesting event, very energetic event. Had a lot of personality. Um. Let's talk about this overall. Uh, Drew. Whoa, whoa, you had something to say, Drew? Oh, um, I can, I can put this into my overall thoughts. Um, but my, um, my next point was that I always like a good bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, and the, the end where they're, like, the four star heroes are just pissed off about the hair. Yeah. Um, that was cool to give foreshadowing to, uh, later matches. To always say, like, no, oh, we're coming after you. Like, that's just, I don't know. I I like that. I think that's a throwback to one of my favorite uh, cut promos, which you two will definitely remember the Booker T to Hogan promo. <laughs> yes. Still funny to me after all these years. Still funny um, to me, damn it. 
And then the, the, but, the Yabba the Clown part at the end, <laughs> where they, they right, played with the, the production, like, thing. <laughs> the fun is just beginning. Yeah, th- that felt very um, Al Snow to me, like that sort of maniacal close-up laugh thing. Um, I can dig that. But overall, um, there was a show I was on with you guys with uh, Kaz, which seems to be usually my guest, which is nice to have Chris on here instead of Kaz. Um, but the thing about it was that this one is first one in a while I've watched with you guys that where I was really stunned by how good the overall production was. I think that if all indie wrestling looked and sounded and was done as well as that, it would be a much, much larger thing than it was. Like, folks need to, like, take notes. Like, I I love me uh, getting in with you guys and watching some stuff like Jakar and all that, but, like, the, this freelance pro wrestling, like, I'm thinking about going back and watching more of them because it was such a pleasure to watch. Like, it was just easy to follow everything, to hear everything, to see everything that I needed to see as a viewer. And that, to me, as, like, a new guy coming in, is just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Chris, what did you think of the event overall? I enjoyed this a lot. It's probably one of the best, the best ones that I've watched so far, because mostly because of that high production value, and because once you, so once you, once you flip from the side as a kid of just being entertained by wrestling to coming over the hump of you know as being scripted and all, it, it, at the end of the day, it becomes about it is about storytelling, and so the, the the production matters because you know especially coming as an outsider because I need to be able to follow the story. I need to know who's going, you know what's going on in the ring. I need to know who's who, and that really that the, the production quality really drives that home. You know, focusing on the action, showing what's going on, it it kept me going along. And where a lot a lot of the other um, events, I kind of petered out towards the end and kind of got almost exhausted and fatigued from trying to follow everything. This just kept me on. I didn't really have to, I didn't have to work as hard to follow along with the action. That did a lot for me. Um, only minus, like, every, the only thing that maybe detracted was it is the packaging of the, the full event. Um, like, in between the matches, I would have maybe, like, five minutes of either introduction or, or a quick, um, you know, um, the retrospective. Something, something that, that set up the stories because they, they did they did some building in the commentary for some of the things that happened, but I didn't know enough about some of the rivalries and if, and if they could have set that up either between the matches or up front would have added to it. Also, maybe even introducing the um, commentators proper, you know, be, you know, because I think they were kind of a little too on a side where they could have. I think introducing them and their characters probably would have helped to kind of uh, bind a little bit better. But yeah. as far as the matches themselves inside those boxes. You know, very good pace. They they alternated very well and kept me interested, which is um, which is an accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, DJM, as you join us from from the dark, <laughs> uh, from the dark recesses of Detroit, Michigan, uh, what did you think of the overall contest? What was your takeaway? Um, I will be honest, Petey. First of all, I don't know if you guys can hear or see me at all. I can but, hear you, uh, but cannot see you. But that's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm literally in complete darkness right now. There is a power outage here in the city of Detroit with the storm and everything else. Yeah. I will say this about freelance pro wrestling. I really enjoyed the show from top to bottom. However, 
I must give a bit of a disclaimer. This is not, not, not a family-friendly show. This took place in a punk rock bar in Chicago. Me being a little bit, having some more family-friendly sensibilities, being a Chikara fan, it did catch me off guard a little bit, but I will not say that the show was bad by any means. It was absolutely enjoyable. Top to bottom, everything about it was good. Production value, again. The wrestling, very good top to bottom. It had some memorable talent. It had some some names. It was generally top to bottom, a very, very good show. I will, however, recommend the show and recommend freelance wrestling with an asterisk saying viewer discretion is advised. And shout out to the Chicago industry. So if you if you are into independent wrestling, check out what's happening in Chicago. They got some things going on. They definitely have some things going on in Chicago. Uh, some fantastic stuff with this Resistance Pro. Uh, there's also a a pretty cool little uh restaurant you can go to called the Squared Circle, and you can meet Victoria and eat some pretty good burgers and, uh, and watch Sarah. wrestling. And every night. Uh, which me, Kaz and DJM and I went to. Uh, but yeah, overall, this was, a, this was a fun show and I'm glad we were recommended it by the ego Robert Anthony, obviously, because this is, you know, his new home now. Uh, and it, I think I'm glad we got a chance to check it out. Uh, it was a fun show overall and, and I think we, we all enjoyed it. Uh, you know, uh, Eric Garner jokes aside. Uh, it was, a, it was an interesting show. It was a fun show. Uh, but yeah, that's our thoughts. Uh, that brings us to the end. Uh, Chris, what do you got going on in your world? What do you got going on, on the internet where you want people to want to point to people to? I'm not a whole lot. Um, ChrisRonan.com is my eternal home right now. Points to my Twitter at ChrisRonan. Follow me there and if things get more interesting. They will certainly appear there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Drew. What do you got going on in your neck of the woods? Um, well, besides a fantastic, uh, music themed podcast where, uh, me and, uh, three of my buddies get together and we talk about music besides, uh, that wonderful podcast. Um, I'm going to be writing over at, uh, the Indie Love website again. So if you want to go check out, uh, my thoughts on indie video games, uh, they will soon be posted over at indie-love.com. Um, and of course, as you said earlier, uh, always go check out Record Breakers. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Show us Record Breakers. So much fun. Yes. So and if I may, in lieu of my boring life, um, I, I will, uh, uh, I will plug, uh, Snowshoes, uh, live Let's Plays every Sunday at 1 o'clock Central. So. Snowshoe, uh, I highly recommend, uh, checking out Snoosh playing video games, uh, as you look at a sleeping kitty. Uh, Chuchan, these things are awesome. It's it's worth doing more than once a week. Yes. Just remind your girl of that. Yes. So we would love to see that um, more than once a week, and maybe have her show. You know, more than just Sundays, and having us her join us on multiplayer Mondays. Uh, we would love to see her m- multiple times a week. Uh but yeah, shout out to Snoosh. Uh, but yeah, I'm, this is gonna be a, this is a fun episode because I'm, I'm, we're joined by people that I'm going to be hanging out with in Austin, Texas, uh, presumably. Uh, so it's gonna be a fun time, uh, come March 
with all of us hanging out at various times. Uh, it is Mark. Yes. Deej, uh, what do you got going on, uh, in your neck of the woods? I know it's not electricity, but what do you got going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, I am looking for a flashlight right now because I am literally in complete darkness. But hopefully when my power does come back on, a brand new episode of the A3K podcast from Anime3000.com will be out tomorrow, Monday. A brand new episode of Shooting the Shit with Two Nerdy Black Guys, a.k.a. Two Nerdy Black Guys, with the aforementioned Brandon Cooper. Uh, and I don't know. I, I I need to find my flashlight, guys. Yes. This is like we're, we're being totally real right now. Shoot, brother, brother. I'm just waiting I have for no... I'm just waiting for I need him to, to just hit his chin on something. I'm like, uh, too nerdy black. Ah! Ah! Uh, <laughs> that moment. Uh, but yeah, check that out over at DeltaJuliaMike.com and in Anime3000.com. The A3K podcast is fantastic. Uh, I'm at PD Ray, PD is in Williams, Ray is in Jimmy, all in one word. Uh, you can check out all the shows. Uh, check out this, FannyPackWrestling.com, Rebelli.net for this and the other shows, including Record Breakers. This week, we're, coincidentally enough, we're talking about, uh, Drew's album, Mustard Plugs, uh, Evil Doers Beware is coming out this Tuesday. So check that out. Listen along on Spotify. And this week on Juku, we will once again implore somebody to stop Nick Cannon. Cause seriously, stop Nick Cannon. Uh, somebody has to. Uh, but that's it. Until next time, hasta los huevos. I'm stuck in the dark and it's winter. Help. 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 Seriously, this is a problem. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)